Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 12 today. Have you heard Samuel do his Moses impression? It's pretty good. This uh, farewell address that he gives, it sounds a lot like some of the stuff that you've got in Deuteronomy. You've got this kind of, this this scene where it seems like all accounts have come out to be settled. He's, he's like kind of really actually challenging everyone. Okay, look, now I haven't done anything wrong, right? It's, it's very interesting the way that this works, and it might seem kind of confrontational to us, but um, I, I think it's a way of uh, testifying and kind of like kind of giving this kind of moment where the baton can be passed here. Uh, I, I think it's amazing because he talks bad about uh, having a king, and the king's just standing right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this, this is a fascinating speech that Samuel gives, and there's a lot of stuff, and, and I think that the way that he gives it tells us a lot about what leadership is, what kind of leadership God wants, um, how we should be serving him, how it works to serve God and the authorities he's put over us. So good stuff for us to talk about today. Joining us, we've got Pastor Darren Sheik, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Anaheim, California. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? It's been a little bit, and uh, yeah, I know things have been kind of weird out here in South Orange County, but uh, how's it how's it looking in your neck of the woods? Well, the craziness still abounds, but uh, you know we're we're able to navigate to these waters, uh, hopefully, prayerfully and humbly, uh, trying to be faithful to what God's called us to do, and very thankful that uh, our Lord continues to care and, and sustain our church and school. By the way, our school is meeting, uh, started uh, gathering together last week, so school is on and tight. Very grateful for that. Uh, very, very good. Well, First Samuel chapter 12 here, um, yeah, like I was saying, this is such a fascinating farewell speech, right? It is, it's amazing, and, and uh, like, like you mentioned, uh, the king is standing right there, Israel, uh, he's addressing, and it sounds a lot like uh, similar addresses we've heard in the past, and uh, with similar... Uh, <laughs> with similar outcomes on both ends, right? Yeah, Israel, right. You see a lot uh, of these. Israel's promise to be faithful, uh, and yet they are not. God's promise to keep his, his, his uh, faithful uh, promises, and he continues to do so, even though uh, we scratch our head as outsiders and go, how does God continue to do this when he knows mm-hmm. what they're going to do? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's a fascinating moment here. I mean, you you could, and I think there's a couple of different ways to take it because, like you were saying, you, you can take this as very, uh, I don't know, very very ominous and um, kind of a downer because it's just you know, <laughs> here he's saying, yeah, uh, I was against this idea from the beginning, <laughs> and so it's yeah. not on me, and I think it's going to go badly, and and kind of sure enough, it goes badly. Um, but on the, on the other hand too, it is this moment here where despite a, a gigantic transition, like we've been talking about, uh, God mm-hmm. mercifully, uh, keeps it, keeps it together, you know, keeps, keeps his people yeah. together, keeps, uh, order maintained, uh, despite like, I mean, cause really if in that sense, and I think that that's a little bit too, um, he actually starts going back and like recounting all this stuff from way back when, uh, and so I think there's a lot of uh, pointing to God's grace kind of in the midst of the, oh, even the bad circumstances, no, this too. Is, this is a good news chapter. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just rich uh, with uh, God's gracious love dripping from these pages. So I, I, I love it. I love this chapter. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get into the chapter here. As we do, would you, brother, start us off with a prayer? I would love to. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, you are gracious. We're confessing, uh, even as we begin our prayer, that you are a God who is steadfast in his love, gracious, that that is greater than our sin. And we thank you that you love us. You've called us to yourself. You are truly uh, a faithful shepherd that shepherds your people. 
And so, Father, we thank you that we wake up this morning under the umbrella of your grace, that your promises remain true to us and for us as we, as we uh, navigate through this day and the days ahead. We ask that you would help us to navigate through these verses, this wonderful uh, words that you have preserved for us uh, and for your people to remind us of your faithfulness, your love for us that will not fail. So, Lord, strengthen us today in faith toward you and our love for you and for one another as we, uh, as we spend this time in your word and uh, live in your word in these days. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, anything else that you want to add just to kind of get us ready for the chapter well, here? Well, I, I think the chapter will just kind of unfold as we, as we, as we look through it. But yeah. I, I think uh, the key theme that I kind of um, came up with as I, was, as I was just meditating on the passages is it's about faithfulness. It's about uh, Samuel's faithfulness. It's about God's faithfulness. It's about Israel's uh, unfaithfulness uh, it's, and its faithlessness. And yet, in the face of that, God uh, remains true to himself. And this is really the picture of his steadfast love, his grace. And then at the end, it's, it's Samuel's commitment to remain faithful in his vocation and uh, to uh, lead and continue to uh, intercede for Israel, that they, too, um, would remain faithful. Uh, that's kind of the way that I, that, that kind of theme, I think, will come yeah. up over and over and over again. Yeah, that, that, that the theme of faithfulness, of, of uh, do, doing what God has given you to do, um, kind yeah. of like thinking about yep. a couple chapters ago where Saul was told, you know, get, you know, do what your hand finds to do, right? Like God kind of puts stuff before us and, and mm -hmm. the, the idea of faithfulness is you, you, you do that and you don't go looking for something yeah. else, right? So uh, yeah, 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 no, it's a good theme to keep in mind here. Well, let's go ahead then. So this is 1 Samuel chapter 12 in the English Standard Version from the top. And Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you've said to me and have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walks before you, and I am old and gray. And behold, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I defrauded, or whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I'll restore it to you. They said, You've not defrauded us, or oppressed us, or taken anything from any man's hand. And he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, mm -hmm. that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron, and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt, now, therefore, stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, and he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. And they cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us from out of the hand of our enemies, that we may serve you. And the Lord sent Jerobel and Barak and Japheth and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, when the Lord your God was your king. 
And now, behold, the king whom you've chosen, for whom you've asked, behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord, that he may send thunder and rain. And you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God, that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it's pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he's done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it's really um, a very multifaceted message here. I mean, on the one hand, you've got kind of his his uh, statement of innocence saying like, hey, look, you know, like if you've got a problem with me, speak up now, right? Um, or, you know, or forever hold your peace. So there, there, there's kind of that. There's the uh, the bit about, you know, hey, you guys asked for a king, and that was bad. And look at the big picture. He goes and kind of recounts history, right? Like, which mm-hmm. I think kind of shows there was no need to go and ask for a king. Um, he goes and has this, uh, this, this uh, prophecy about the weather, which validates his, <laughs> his condemnation of this, right? I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. lots of little parts here. But um, I I feel like what's fascinating is that despite how harsh he kind of seems, they they do actually come around and and, and repent, you know, like this this isn't like a Stevens speech in Acts where he has this big speech and he calls, you know, he, he, you know, criticizes and he recounts history and they all say, okay, we're going to stone you now. Uh, No, I mean, they, to their, to their credit, you know, there is like repentance and acknowledgement here. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting because it's the language here, you know, you kind of get the feeling that it's almost like a courtroom setting. You know, you have these, this word witness coming up over and over again. And, and, and Samuel, you know, saying that, he, that, that he, he, he wants to stand, he asked the people to stand still that he may plead with you before the Lord. This is all yeah. kind of uh, language of saying, hey, let's, let's, let's set the record straight here. And, and you tell me if I'm wrong on this, you know, giving them a chance to <laughs> almost, almost kind of Job-esque, right? The, the book, it kind of reminds me a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. Job, okay. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, um, just this whole, you know, wanting to settle accounts and, and, um, and Samuel starts with himself. Hey, you know, you got anything against me? Uh, have yeah. I have I done you wrong? Uh, have I have I been faithful uh, in the calling that the Lord has placed me in? You know, and obviously the the answer is, hey, you know, you we have no problem. You you've been faithful, right? His son's not so much, <laughs> but right. Daniel's been faithful, right? Uh, well, which interestingly enough is one of the reasons that sparked this whole desire for a king to begin with, right? Yeah, right. His sons. No, that, that's that's. Uh, yeah, all, all these things tied together, and I, I guess kind of the, the the opening question I have, looking at this chapter and just kind of the flow of it here. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it makes sense. You know what we, what we read in the previous chapter 
uh, you know, Saul has, you know, was kind of, you know, catapulted to, uh, I mean, like a, a really good place where the people had, um, you know, were supporting him because, you know, he had saved them from, from this Ammonite uh, king, Nahash. And so it was really this, this good moment. They're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we'll serve the king. And I mean, and, and Samuel called the convocation, right, um, to, mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, so I guess the question that I have is, so why then would, you know, okay, we're, we're like, you know, okay, here's the king, yay, uh, <laughs> um, everything else. Then does Samuel shift to, hey, do, do you guys have a problem with me? <laughs> I mean, like what, what, like kind of rhetorically is the, is the purpose of this? Like why, why now would he yeah. be saying this? Yeah, I mean, he says, look, at, uh, I w- I'm, I'm old now, uh, but he says, ever since I was a youth, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've served you well. And yeah. I, think, I think, you know, this is the way that I kind of read this. Uh, again, yeah. if you think about um, this, this idea of standing uh, and, and wanting to get a judgment, uh, wanting to settle accounts, you know, in, a, in kind of a, a courtroom kind of setting, you know, Basically, Samuel is saying, you know, I've been faithful. Um, God's been faithful. He's going to move on to that next. And, and so really, uh, the question is, what about you? You know, uh, and, and, and I think this is what, what it, it leads them. It, it, leads, it leads the onus of, of what is, is uh, the judgment uh, to be on Israel's shoulders, not on Samuel's not on God's. And yet, so mm. the, then there's the hanging curveball. Okay, so now what? Is God going to remain faithful even though we haven't been? You know, mm. and so then you have this wonderful, uh, you know, demonstration of God's willingness uh, to continue to be true to his word, true to himself, right? Um, yeah, I, I do and, think that... You know, well, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, uh, what you were saying about, you know, this idea of you know, bring kind of introducing the topic of faithfulness, right? And so he's like, all mm-hmm. right, so, okay, you've got this king, but, you know, the question is, are you guys going to be faithful, right? Are, mm-hmm. are you guys actually going to—I yeah. well, mean, what, what's interesting right. is, I mean, like, obey this, obey this king. Um, yes. And I, and I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I see that, and, and uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because where, where was it here, right? Um, in, it was like maybe about like halfway through the chapter where he, he puts it this way, uh, right. In verse 12, you said to me, no, but a king shall reign over us when the Lord, (laughs) your God was your king. And and so, right. Mm -hmm. I I think this verse is pretty significant because he's saying, all right, so you just, you just pledged your loyalty to the king, right? Like you just, you just said like, okay, long live the king. You know, he's the king. Well, I mean, uh, you know, back in chapter eleven, you know, like what were the what were the actual words there? You know, like they they have this they have this ceremony, and where is it here? Uh, right, so they they go to Gilgal, right, and they they yeah they actually they offer mm-hmm. sacrifices, and and the men were like, oh yeah, let's put to death the people who ever doubted Saul. I mean, so they're they're like you know, <laughs> you know, saying like, oh yeah, we support him, you know, you know, and we're making yeah. sacrifices, and uh, yeah. there's this big celebration, and so it seems like they support the king, right? But Samuel's kind of bringing it up here. So, guys, you, you're, you say you're on board and you're going to obey the king, but remember that time when you had a king already and you just disobeyed him and wanted yeah. a different king? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, so, I mean, I think it's pretty significant there because it's like, guys, what's going to stop you from doing this all over again? That's right. And you, you bring up an interesting point. I mean, at least you, you, know, you, you kind of you're hitting on something that I think is very significant. This, what we find also in this chapter is this kind of covenant language. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that remind actually reminds me. You alluded to it in the introduction. Back to Mount Ebal, when mm-hmm. right before yeah. they were uh, going to go into the land, and, and the and they go up, yeah. and Moses lays before them in in uh, Deuteronomy twenty seven and twenty eight blessings and curses. You yeah. know, blessings upon you if you keep the words that I've commanded you, but if you don't. You know, yep. this is what's, and one of the things that he, that one of the curses is that, you know, they will, they will have other nations come and, and take them away. 
Um, and the people, you know, we will, we will do it. And then fast forward a little bit to Joshua 24. You have the almost the same, very similar language in Joshua that you have here yep. in 1 Samuel 12. You know, fear the Lord, obey his voice, keep his command, do not uh, and actually, he even alludes, do not bow to the Baals or to the Ashtaroth, you know, uh, and, you know, but as for me and my house, you know, you got to choose who you're going to serve, but we will serve the Lord. And what do they say? We will do it. And so you fast forward here and it's the same, yeah. the same kind of covenant language. Okay. And to give you a king, but yeah. <laughs> you and your king yeah. need to fear the Lord, obey his voice, don't rebel. We will do it, you know. And so you see this kind of, but in in between the history, obviously we got the book of Judges, which is alluded to in in here in this chapter, and how the people continually uh, turned, right? And and when their backs were up against the wall and God was true to his judgment, what did they do? They cried out to the Lord, Lord, help us, save us, deliver us. And he did. And, And so you have this, continual cycle that leads us up to this moment here, uh, you know, that's pregnant with this history and not only God's faithful history, but Israel's unfaithful history. But yet God remains true to himself, true to his word, because his word does not change. And so the call still is to worship the one true God, the one God who is Lord of all, King of kings, and uh, and uh, his word uh, remains steadfast. And so, you know, I think I think that is really uh, rich uh, in in what's being unfolded here in this in this chapter. This, uh, yeah, I appreciate you specifically mentioning um, you know those moments where there there's a covenant renewal going on on yes. Mount Ebal, as you were saying with mm-hmm. with Moses, and then later with Joshua. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think there is something. I mean, I mean, it actually explicitly is, right, covenant renewal. That's exactly what he yeah. said. He said in the previous uh, chapter, and this is really interesting, right, because um, it was one of the things that I think is kind of a little bit awkward almost, but there in First uh, Samuel 11, right, mm-hmm. Samuel, what does he say to the people in verse 14? Uh, that come, let's go to Gilgal and there renew the kingdom, yeah, right? Which right. is kind of odd, right? Because it's yeah. sort of like, well, I, I mean, we haven't even, you know, kind of put Saul on the throne yet. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, you can't have like a renewal of vows until like after the wedding. <laughs> I mean, at the, at the very <laughs> least, right? So it, it seems kind of odd to be talking about, you know, having a, a renewal, here but mm-hmm. like what you're getting at right like th- this is kind of just kind of the latest renewal and there was the renewal yeah. with joshua there was a renewal with moses yeah. and and there is a renewal of the kingdom it's god's kingdom right it, it's it's yes. i mean he's the one who's been king all along so th- this thing is just kind of the next step in um this mm-hmm. renewal so it makes a lot of sense in terms of then kind of like what's going on here um, yes. and, and I like what you were saying too about how there's just, I mean, there really are so many similarities. Like it just, it sounds so much like, like, like Moses, like when Moses was saying, um, yeah. in Deuteronomy 30, but if your heart turns away and you will not yeah. hear and you're drawn, yeah. I, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. And, um, and, and, and even some of the stuff, like he says, you know, I'm 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. I mean, just, just the, the whole speech, <laughs> how he's old. You guys got to believe, like, got to do this here. You know, I'm not, I mean, just so similar, uh, the, the continuity. Uh, there's a couple more things we got to say about that, but we got to take our break. Everybody hold on. Looking at First Samuel chapter 12 here on Thy Strong Word. Be right back. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. 
If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 12, joined here by our guest, Pastor Darren Sheik, pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Anaheim, California, looking at uh, how Samuel here is is just doing kind of the, the latest impression of, uh, of Moses, and, and it's really <laughs> fascinating like that, because, I mean, there's a lot of differences between Moses and Joshua and Samuel. You know, like Samuel's a, a priest. Um, you know, Joshua, mm-hmm. I mean, he was such a you know, military general, you know, who's just out there on the battlefield. Uh, you know, Moses was really stinking old. Uh, but <laughs> but kind of, you know, breaking it down, like, they, 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 it's interesting how uh, Samuel, despite being really far removed, is in many ways a spiritual successor uh, to yeah. Joshua. And, uh, and, and what that says about Saul, actually, then. So some, some good stuff for us to be puzzling over today. If you've got a question, your own puzzles that you're pondering, give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email with a comment or question to kfuo at kfuo.org. You can also uh, hop on the Facebook live stream, facebook.com slash Espinosa. Got a couple questions already. Uh, the first one being, you know, is, is Samuel really ever on board with with Saul himself? Uh, you know, like is it is it that he's opposed to just the whole king idea in principle? Uh, but you know, Saul's okay, or is it like you know, I don't like this Saul guy either? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I think kind of zooming out, we should ask the question: Is he actually even totally opposed to the to the king idea? Uh, I, I mean, we, we got, we got a, I, I have something I want to throw out there, but so some good questions for us to consider. Um, before we get into those, though, I want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Please check out their website, lhfmissions.org. Thank you guys for underwriting Thy Strong Word. So, so yeah, we were, we were just looking at that, brother, before the break, how there are these, all these similarities between, uh, jo- Moses and Joshua and Samuel. And so that's, I think, I think that's pretty interesting to think of it that way that, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think that's legit that, that you can go Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Saul? It's kind of like the succession of like leaders over all Israel. Well, I think the book of judges, you know, again, you, you see types of, of these, of Christ's really, really saviors yeah. that, that God raises up to deliver and I think, uh, you know, in some ways, Samuel, um, you know, is a is just a, a faithful um, uh, representation of, of those in the past who have been faithful to uh, serve the Lord uh, where he has them to deliver his people and to call them back to repentance. Right. And, right. and so I think about even Gideon, you know, and, and especially in response to this, this question about is Saul opposed to Saul? Is Samuel opposed to Saul or just the idea of a king? And if you yeah. remember, uh, they tried to make Gideon king uh, after, he, after he delivered Israel. And if you remember Gideon's response, he says, no, I, I'm not going to be your king. There is no king but God. He's your mm-hmm. king. And I think this is the heart of, of Samuel as well, you know. Uh, so I, I think uh, if push came to shove, his opposition really is to this this idea of of, of subverting, um, you know, giving in to our eyes, uh, trusting with our eyes uh, rather than with our ears, you know, uh, trusting God's word and, and who he is and his promises rather than trusting, you know, our desires, uh, our need to, to have a physical person and stand in front of us or leading and guiding us or to, or to be like the other nations, you know? Um, so I think, well, I think, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I think, I think Samuel is recognizing that 
temptation and that tendency in Israel. Well, I, I do think that that brings up a good point um, about you know what 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 exactly because uh, I think you're right. There is like a temptation or a kind of a lure or a, a, a lust for something, right? There's there's something that they want, you know, um, mm-hmm. that they're, they're kind of craving for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and I, and I think that that kind of, uh, brings us then to really, like we, you were saying, what, what Samuel's really opposed to. So, so I'm going to throw this idea out here and just, you tell me what you make of it. Um, I was, I was thinking about this and, and I think that a few times, uh, a few episodes ago, we had a good conversation. I think it was in first, uh, Samuel chapter eight about how, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in, checks and balances and local authorities and things like that. We didn't expect the conversation to go there, but it did. That's a good conversation. Um, and, and so that, you know, kingship is kind of fraught with, with peril um, in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder, I wonder if, if Samuel, like, if he's not really kind of like in principle opposed to, to kingship um, as much as it is, whoa, hang on guys, you're, you're demanding a king. Did God say you could have a king? Did did God mm. tell me to go anoint somebody? No, mm-hmm. right? Like so, I I do kind of <laughs> wonder if actually the problem is not that they would have a king, but that mm-hmm. they have clamored and they have asked for one. Which I mean, yeah. I, I think this is fascinating because that is what Saul means. <laughs> That is, his, I mean, that's that's his name. It's Shaul, the guy you asked mm-hmm. for. <laughs> like, literal. I mean, and it's earlier in the chapter, uh, or in the book rather. You know, when when uh, uh, Samuel's mother, you know, says Salti, and that's the way that she talks about uh, Samuel, right? Like asked mm-hmm. for. And and I actually, I need to, I need to check here if that's the Hebrew word that gets used in this chapter too, because if if so, that's just kind of like even richer. But but yeah, I mean, like. I, it feels like maybe in some ways that, you know, well, well, maybe God was going to give them a king anyway at some point. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe uh, if they hadn't asked for a king, uh, the, the things would have gone on. But then uh, David would have come around and he would be like, you know what, I'm going to annoy David. I mean, maybe that would have happened regardless of whether they clamored for it or not. But the the mm-hmm. is is the problem that they're just demanding that God kind of bend to their will and that they— that God do it their way and, and on their timetable, and, and maybe not actually even on kingship itself in this context. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think there is something to that, um, and because they, yeah, they are they are taking the initiative. They are asking. They are they, and this, this has been an ongoing, you know, desire. I mean, again, go back to you know judges, um, and. And yet, if, if you start, if you, it's, what's interesting to me is that yeah. as you read through this chapter, what does Samuel keep appealing to the people? He, he keeps bringing them back to the first commandment, right? you know, to have no other God before you, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, and, he, and, he, and this is one of his appeals, you know, don't turn aside from following the Lord, but serve him with all of your heart. You know, fear the Lord with all of your heart. I mean, it, it's this, it's this, the first commandments at stake here. And, and Samuel knows it. He recognizes it. He can smell it. And so uh, this, so the issue is not the king, but it's what the king, uh, the, 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 the temptation that will easily uh, embrace um, someone uh, in front of them with authority. They will turn to the king in trust and, and service rather than the Lord your God. And that's, you know, and insofar as the king is faithful, and that's why this covenant is really for the people yeah. and the king, um, you know, there's hope. Right. There's hope. God is willing uh, as long as the king and the people are willing to, you know, um, keep that first commandment, um, then all will be well with them. That's what that's the promise. Right. But we, we all know our, our tendency. Right. Uh, we are we, we can't even keep the first commandment, let alone the, the rest of the, the nine. I, I think that's a really good perspective, bringing us back to the first commandment. Right. That. 
I mean, I mean, because Luther does a really good job of just breaking that down for us. That the first commandment is getting at this idea that it's not really there's any like bad thing out there in the universe that's like, well, there's good things and spiritual mm-hmm. things, and there's mm-hmm. bad, icky, yucky things, evil things, right? Yeah. Um, which is a very, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a that's a basically the basic view of kind of natural spirituality, right? Kind of avoid these things, do these things, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. I mean, and we make the fallacy you know, all the time, and it kind of just flips around, right? Like today, one of the fallacies is, if it's natural, it's good, right? And it's like, well, okay, I mean, have you, have you really looked at all the problems in nature? Um, But, you know, so, but like you were saying, like, really, the First Commandment shows it's not an issue of there's there's bad things and there's good things, or like, you know, that, I mean, I don't know, that, that kingship is categorically evil, right? But, yeah. but that, yeah. but that we... That, that we we subvert God's rule in our hearts, and we say, you know what, I'm going to be the one who decides when we do uh, this or yeah. what, what we're going to do next, or um, all, yeah. all the rest of it, and, and and that idea of you know, you you will because I I remember, I remember when I was going through confirmation class, I was confused about this, you know, like you know, it says you know, love and tr- fear, love and trust in God above all things, and and I'm just thinking to myself, mm-hmm. well, how, I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do I know that I love God more than my own father or like that I trust in God more than my own, uh, you know, conscience or that I, you know, and kind of all the rest. And really at the end of the day, like the only thing that would, you can kind of like point to is, well, you know, when God says do it this way <laughs> and not that way, right. Do you say, okay, God, we're going to do it your way. Uh, Cause I trust mm-hmm. you. Um, or, or mm-hmm. are you insist on your own way? And so, I mean, I think the first commandment kind of gives us a lens for that, mm-hmm. in fact, um, I, I did actually go ahead and peek in verse thirteen. It is the word for Saul for uh, for ask there, and it, it's fascinating. Okay. It's just this little that little phrase right there. For whom you have asked, right? In, yeah. in Hebrew, that's just Asher Shaltem. I mean, it's just the guy <laughs> you sold for. It, it, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just kind of amazing, like that. That's wonderful insight. Yeah, you're basically getting what you asked for. And uh, it was just because you just you just had to have it, right? And and I, and I think mm-hmm. that the the first kind also gives us a lens to understand verse twelve, the first part in particular. When you saw mm-hmm. that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, "No, but a king shall reign over us," which is really fascinating because I, I'm not even sure that that's really clear in the earlier part of the text, right? Because in in First Samuel eleven, we we get this uh, stuff about about Nahash, the Ammonite. Right, mm-hmm. um, but you get the stuff about clamoring for a for a king much earlier than that, right? I mean that that's uh you know that's going back First uh, Samuel eight and First Samuel eight, you kind of get yeah. the impression that the problem is that Eli's sons are corrupt, or, or rather yeah. that um, Samuel's sons are corrupt, like like Eli's sons yeah. were, right? Yeah. But but Samuel mm-hmm. points it back and says it it was kind of Nahash. That was actually the impetus, which I think is so fascinating because it's not even like they can say like, oh, you know, we only asked for a king because, you know, we were trying to reform the government and restore integrity to, you know, high office. And, you know, your son, I mean, no, really, at the end of the day, they were shaking in their boots because of Nahash. It was because they feared an Ammonite king more than they feared God. Yeah, which kind of leads us right to uh, when when uh, Samuel intercedes and asks the Lord uh, to send thunder and rain, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they get a they have a they get a, 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 a if you want to you, you want to see who's in charge, you want to see who yeah. the the real king is. Let, let, let me show you something, <laughs> and uh, yeah. then the Lord brings thunder and rain. You know, and, well, and, and, and it we leads should, them. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, then it, it leads them uh, in, into a repentance. You know, uh, and it, I think it exposes uh, their hearts. Well, and, and so I think that that is getting to really the, the next big point. We really need to to take a look at here, and actually touches on one of the questions that we got um, over Facebook as as well, but. Uh, before we before we get there, I, I want to just turn quick quickly back to um, that opening question that I was asking about. Okay, 
So, so what, what really is the function of Samuel here saying, hey, have I ever done anything wrong? Have I, you know, are, do, are we, are we square here? Is there something that I owe you guys? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I, I wonder if, uh, I, I think, I think you said, like, I think that the, the theme of faithfulness definitely is getting brought up here, but I, I wonder too, if this is, I mean, like you're, you're in a situation where you're really trying to convince somebody of something, right? And like, they're, you, you know, from the outset that they are opposed to it. They're, they're not going to like the idea. I mean, I, I just, this is interesting how he says in verse seven, now, therefore stand still that I may plead with you before yeah. the Lord. I mean, th isn't that just interesting? Yeah. Stand still. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, the translation, I feel like sometimes just gets so formal and archaic, it's hard to like take it for what he's trying to say. But I wonder if the, the force is this. He's like, guys, hang on a second, right? Just, just, just be quiet for just a minute. Okay. Now, hang on, hang on. Keep your seat. Stay, stay seated. Stay, don't raise your hand. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> Just hear me, hear me out, hear me hear out, me out, please. And then in the first part, have I ever steered you guys wrong? Have I ever mm -hmm. lied to you? Have I ever cheated you? Have I ever done anything? I mean, is there any reason why you you should doubt what I have to tell you? Is there any? Is there some reason if I if I give you this advice, it's like oh, it's because he's trying to trick us again? No, no, no he's never done that. I mean, so do you think that maybe um, this is all kind of Samuel just trying to get them in the right frame of mind, and and he's trying to make this pitch, and and the pitch is, guys, you, you messed up, and you should listen to me. You should trust me and believe me when I say that. Yeah, I I think I think he is trying to get them yeah to to stop, listen, uh, don't just let me have my peace. You know, don't right. don't raise your hand. You know, yeah, <laughs> and uh, hear me out. <laughs> and he does. I mean, he lays it out. He lays out, uh, you know, God's God's covenant faithfulness, his his uh, commitment to his to their forefathers, um, and uh, and why is God going to uh, let you down now? You know, yeah. I think that's kind of in the in the background. I mean, that's, that's kind of what he's alluding to, but he goes, but you, this is what you want. So, uh, let's, well, let's, let's think about that. Well, and, and so if he is like really trying to, you know, convince them, right. And, and this, and this is, you know, one brother pleading before the other to try to win him back, right. Kind of use the uh, new Testament image. Then, mm -hmm. Then I think that complements then what's going on with the uh, with the weather forecast, right? Um, so <laughs> Sam, Sam Samuel is 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 trying to convince them of this, and it seems very important to him that that he convinces them and brings them to a place of repentance. And and I think this yeah. is just so fascinating because he wants them to repent of how they clamored and they asked how they shaled yeah. for a king, right? Mm -hmm. um yes but and, and they're going to repent and they're going to repent but they're not he's not going to take back the king he's not going to say oh good i'm so relieved that we don't have to do the king thing and that you can just live as yeah. with god as your king much better right, right? i mean th this is really uh, interesting i think this is like something that gets really applicable to us here so so when you have then um you know in, in verse uh, 15 you know, as you were saying, if you if you won't obey the voice of the Lord, which sounds so much like Deuteronomy 30 with Moses, right? Um, mm -hmm. you know, the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Um, mm -hmm. And then and then right in verse 16, it's the same thing. Stand still. <laughs> now, hang on. Yeah. One more one more thing, mm -hmm. right? Just in case you're not yeah. convinced. He, I mean, see, so same thing. He's still convincing them, right? And so he's like, hey, it's wheat harvest, right? I, I mean, I, I'm thinking, uh, I, I guess I'm not like super good on um some of the this ecological stuff but I, I'm, I'm thinking that the point is hey guys there's no way it would rain today right <laughs> right i mean or something like that and, th and then it goes and it just it just you know it's a thunderstorm which is this way of mm -hmm. saying and, and just in case you still don't believe me god is going to do something to uh, make you believe that what i'm saying really is true and you really ought to trust 
what I'm saying. It, it, what, what, what do you right. think? How, how do we, how should we interpret this? Yeah, that's, this, uh, that's the way the that I, prediction. I, I think that, I think that's right on. I think again, um, I, I, I like to, to think of it in terms of, of trusting with our ears or trusting with our yeah. eyes. Right. And we're so prone to trust with our yeah. eyes instead of trusting with our ears. And so we, yeah. once in a while, God grants us, uh, grants his people uh, opportunities to see, uh, to see his, uh, his, his greatness, his power, um, that he is uh, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, you know, that besides him, there is no other. I, I think, you know, fast forward to first Kings 19, right. Um, with, with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. You know, mm-hmm. at Mount Carmel. Yep, yep. Um, yep. I mean, it just it kind of reminds me of that. You know, and, and what was the whole point of that? It's oh, the yeah. same point. You know, there is no God yep. besides me. There is no king but me. Uh, let me show you something. You know, kind of. And, and he does. And and what and what happens is it it leads exactly to um, what people of faith, people who are uh, men and women of faith, uh, what happens when their sin is exposed? They repent. You know, they're broken, um, which, you know, I'm grateful for, um, you know, the, they, they see their, their wickedness and, uh, but, but Samuel, um, you know, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you, uh, bring us to the, to the point where Samuel promises to be faithful as their, as their priest. But well, I, I just think it, the, the response is so wonderful, uh, to this event. Yeah. I, I... I, I think, I think, yeah, I think repentance really, in some ways, I think maybe even repentance is, is, is in some ways the, the, the biggest idea of the whole chapter, um, because, because, I mean, he's really, he's talking about the faithfulness stuff, right, in order mm-hmm. to convince them that they need to repent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's for the sake of getting to the repentance. And then again, I mean, just uh, super brilliant, right? Um which you have, there it is in verse 17, right? Um, you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done, it says, in the sight of the mm-hmm. Lord, in asking yeah. for yourselves a king. And so in the Hebrew, Yahweh, mm-hmm. this, that's the last bit there, right? Now it's the Lord. Ba'ene Yahweh, lish ol. I mean, it's just, it's just Saul. It's just, there it is mm-hmm. for, for Sauling. Um, that, that's the, that's the problem that you sold him. Um, you know, which, which again is just like, I, I think this is fascinating, right? That it's just, you know, the, the problem is not necessarily the king because God's going to work through the house of David. It's just yes, that this is the king that right. they just had to have right now. And yeah. um, so it's 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 the way they did it. It's what they did. And so this, yeah. I think, shows us something about repentance. I mean, yeah. And we need to get to the point about, you know, the, the faithfulness here. But understanding what the repentance is, like repentance is not, I am repenting from evil king stuff. Right, like because kings are bad. Um, yeah. The the point is, I asked, and I should have been content with what God gave me, and yeah. and I think that 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 says something to us because I mean, you think about. I think there's lots of applications to this. Um, you think about, uh, for instance, you know, somebody's. Uh, I mean, one of the big I think topics um, in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, is of uh, divorce and remarriage. And so mm. one of the things that's there pretty clearly is, hey, uh, it's it is sinful to go and just divorce your wife and and go marry somebody else. That's not what God wants to do. Um, but if you do that and you repent of that, and see, this is the thing. There there are yeah. voices out there that will tell you the right thing to do. This, this is what some people will say: is oh, see, this is a sinful marriage. This, this is a bad marriage. This this new marriage yeah. you've contracted. This is a bad thing, and so repentance mm-hmm. means you stop doing the bad thing. And so the right thing yeah. to do, they say, would be to divorce your second wife and to <laughs> maybe go back to the first, even or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but that's yeah. just that that's so wrong on so many levels. And I think that first yes. King, uh, first Samuel twelve is showing us why too. The the problem is not that the second marriage is is evil no um it's that it's that it's it's what you did it's how you got it right that yes. that's the problem and, and so yeah. repenting means re- repenting of, of what you did uh to get it same thing here it's not that saul is evil it's not that the king is evil it's what they did to get him i think that's a great point 
I think, you know, because because once they repent, like like you've mentioned in uh, before, uh, God doesn't say, okay, uh, no more king, and, and, and you know, let's let's yeah. let's put that behind us. Uh, you know, they have a king. Matter of fact, it says, uh, you know, that the Lord uh, has set a king over you in verse thirteen. I mean, so the Lord, yep. the Lord has set this king. Uh, he's uh, but. But there, there needs to be repentance for their, their way they've gone about it. Yeah. And, and so notice their response. Again, we're right back to the first commandment. And the people greatly feared the Lord, you know, uh, that fear, love, and trust. Um, and so, you know, the, the people uh, immediately now turn to Samuel and say, Samuel, uh, do your job for us, please. Fulfill your vocation and pray for us. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just think that's wonderful. Um, this is a beautiful picture of, of how the Lord uh, gives us faithful shepherds to, to absolve us, to intercede for us. Uh, faithful shepherds who are the voice of God to us when we, when we need to be called to repentance uh, and when we need to hear the voice of God in that repentance. Well, and, and I think, too, to kind of getting to the point of, um, like you're saying here of, you know, uh, I mean, the Office of the Keys, that, I mean, this is this is really good law and gospel here at work, because yes, th- this absolutely. message of, hey, guys, um, I'll be faithful, and, you know, I'll still be your pastor, is kind of in some mm-hmm. way what Samuel is saying, um, that God yeah. is faithful, and he, will, and he will protect you and bless you, right? Like, that's not really, like, good news that they need to hear until they've repented, you know, because— they they first need the law. They need they need to repent. I mean, he can say, mm-hmm. "Oh, guys, you know, God's faithful, and I'm you know, and I'm faithful too." <laughs> and they'll be like, "Yeah, okay, sure, that's great, fine." You know, we don't really care. I mean, I mean that that's the that's the hard heart of the sinner, right? That says, you know, like, okay, yeah, pastor's saying something about forgive all my sins. That's fine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're taking it for granted. And so it's just you you see such a it's a pastoral way here. Um, yeah. He's got to get him to the point of repentance for this good news to really jump out and yeah. and sing and be a beautiful thing it's once they realize oh man we, we've been doing this all wrong that this is really then good news that that god is always faithful despite their faithlessness yeah and and he's not and, and talking about long gospel and he's not calling them to start you know uh keeping a checklist of behavioral right. uh reform he, he's right. calling them back to faith and faith always works itself out in loving and fearing uh, and trusting God above all. So it really is a, it goes back to the heart of the issue, which is faith, faithfulness, uh, and, um, and, and the fruits of faith, you know, uh, wherever, whatever the issue may be. Amen, brother. Thank you. So good having a conversation. Really liked it today. God bless you, too, Thank you for having me on. And tell your dad I said hi. I know he'll be on tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's right. He will be. So looking forward to that. (laughs) Thanks, Darren. Hope to see you soon. Everybody else, Pastor Darren Sheik at Prince of Peace in Anaheim, California, going on to Chapter 13. And yes, we've got the Reverend Dr. Alfonso O. Espinosa returning. Until then, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.